gentlemen, once again, welcome back to another installment of the Rufus Rundown. Again, told you, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm coming at you. So here we are on a beautiful Wednesday um, brought to you by this podcast, brought to you by, of course, Vins Organics. Again, you're probably overpaying for your CBD roll-on, your CBD, any type of, any type of CBD elements or products, you're probably overpaying for it because I can tell you right now, you're going to get a much better price through Vins Organics. And what is Vins Organics? It is a natural herbal uh, natural herbal blend, and it's, it's, it's a rub-on. It's, it's a little kind of, a, it's a balm type thing, uh, paint solve, it, you rub it on, bruises, pain, sprains, joint pain, anything like that. It does the job um, even better than CBD does. No chemicals, nothing. It's all natural, smells good, feels good. Um, it, it, it perfect for me. Like I said, I had, I've had, I've had a wonderful success with Vins Organics. Again, right here, Vins Organics. I'll link all that in the description. Uh, I will be doing a giveaway once we get to 500 subscribers in the YouTube. And we're sitting at 467 right now. So tell you people to drop a sub, and I'll be doing a Vins Organics giveaway in the very near future. Also, Elite Athletic Gear, ath, uh, gear by athletes for athletes. I've used it all throughout high school. Use it during my lifts. Use the headbands, all of it. There's a lot of different apparel you can go through them now. Necklaces, bracelets, stuff like that. And you can get yourself 15% off with the code Rufus Rundown today. Again, that stuff will be linked down in the description below. And then also Ethan Souza Design. You can see it, Ethan Souza Design. Let's get creative. Ethan's done all my logos and graphics for me in this channel and on my other gaming channel that you should go subscribe to right now before I start posting content to it. And also following that on Twitch. Both of that will be linked in the description below. Um, you can and check me out on there because I should be. I, I was supposed to stream the other day. Uh, I will be streaming at least once this week, and I'm hoping to get the FIFA and Madden content as well. I'm trying to get that going. I, I don't know if I'm going to stream that stuff and then do the recording of it, or if I'm going to do the recording separate and stream some other stuff. You know, other stuff separately. Uh, that might be the way. It might be mix and match there. I might might stream some of that. That I might you know record use some of it for my recordings. I don't want to double up on content but at the same time. I promise people that, and I want to get that stuff done, and that that is a different avenue that I'm going to be going with there, and, and see where we see where uh, that brings us to. But again, Ethan Souza Design, he's gonna need some help with sponsoring his race car. I will be bringing him on the show for Friday's show. Uh, I think I get about a half hour from Ethan. Ethan, half half hour from Ethan. Uh, we're gonna talk about you know his journey to becoming a pure, uh, pro stock racer and everything like that, and his journey through college, the graphic design out, all of it. We're gonna talk about. You know, his, his journey to where he is today and how he's made such an impact in my life and it made an impact in a couple of people's lives, uh, the Breakfast of Champion crew, people like that. Um, we've all created the, have a pretty cool uh, relationship, and that'll all be touched upon on Friday's show. So, got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, I talked about how much I like Jared Goff and how much I like Sean McVay on Monday show, and now apparently the report comes out that they need marriage counseling. Uh, also, are, are the Jets a sneaky landing spot for Deshaun Watson on top of what I talked about? Um, the 49ers and Dolphins being pretty much you know in prime position as well. Um, can Patrick Mahomes clear concussion protocol? Um, the odds makers still have the Chiefs as the Super Bowl favorite, so for all the money, that says yes, but I'll be breaking that in more in-depth as well. Uh, the Breeze-Brady video with Breeze's kids and Brady throwing the touchdown pass to the kids is just all sorts of awesome. Uh, Bill's Mafia donating money to Lamar Jackson's favorite charities. Um, the Mets firing GM Jared Porter. Um MLB hiring Theo Epstein as a on-field matters consultant. Uh, the, the Padres have handled their business this offseason and why it's the right way um, to handle having a young superstar like a Francisco, uh, like, I'm sorry, like a Fernando Tatis in the future. And now a team like the Angels should definitely take note of that. 
Uh, Poirier versus McGregor 2 is Saturday. Um, so, talk about that today because most of my most of the Friday show is going to be dedicated to the NFL. We'll touch upon some of the Poirier McGregor stuff today, where the odds are at. I'll give my picks for that Friday. We'll see who you guys have as of today. Um, also, the I'm going to talk some NBA at the end as well. And a little more international football, world football, or uh, international soccer. What do you want to call it? I'm going to call it football. Um, I, I just naturally, I do it. it just, you can be able to tell the difference in the NFL, college football, and world football as Leicester City go top of the Premier League. Ozil finally leaves Arsenal. And young Americans are really still, again, we're talking about that, making an impact in world football. So, like I said, we are starting it off with Jared Goff and Sean McVay needing marriage counseling. They have said that that relationship needs repairing. And it isn't, we're not just talking about Jared Goff's thumb. We are talking about the relationship between the two and how vague uh, McVay's responses were in terms of Goff and what the future holds for him and how wildly inconsistent he was this year. And even and ever since that Super Bowl appearance year, how inconsistent they have been. Listen, I, 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 I have said it before that I think that Jared Goff is was too much of a one-read quarterback. And I think that his progressions began to get better this year. Um, and as the year went on, he developed a little bit more. Of course, the injury was not the best thing. But, I mean, like those games, those games where they lose to the Jets, those performances cannot exist. The and, and he has to be more than a one-week quarterback. He needs to be able to read defense better. He needs to be able to pick up on what McVay is telling them more. Because, listen, people that have been really harping on him for daddy being in the microphone and Belichick changing the plays after the communications cut up. Look, that, that is legitimate stuff. He is, he at the time was a one-week quarterback. Was not a progr progressionary quarterback. Has all the arm talent in the world. But pre-snap and progression-wise, he's not there yet. He needs to progress in that matter. We haven't seen that from him yet. I think with the injury, it has because he would check down a lot more because of the thumb. But he also threw a couple of deep balls too. Um, and I, like I said, I do have a ton more respect for Jared Goff's, you know, character. People saying, can he lead a team? I, I don't think him one on one with no weapons. I don't think this is a guy that's going to lead your offense. But if you can put a good defense on that field and you can give him, if you can give him a decent run game, I think Jared Goff. Can take you places. I, I I think he has to be in the right situation. I think it's very similar to Dak Prescott. It's very similar to Kirk Cousins. Very similar to Matthew Stafford. Those guys that needed to have a lot around them to have success, but still, in their own right, are pretty talented guys. Um, but th the big thing is going to be whether he can become a progressionary reading quarterback and how he's going to be pre-snap. Because if he can develop himself into more of a game manager, because he has the arm talent to make the throws, that that's the difference. It's his decision-making that needs to change. It's not any physical ability at all. It's the decision-making. And he has the right guy in charge at McVay to teach him that. Now, whether he's taking... Now, whether the disconnect is, is Goff not growing in that manner. Is Goff not giving him enough effort to become more of a game manager, more of a more of the mental quarterback that McVay wants to be? Is he not taking to, into account what Sean is telling him? I'm not sure. There's not a lot of it out there. Um... But they said it's not unfixable by any means. It's not that Deshaun, it's not Deshaun, Deshaun Watson like, like with the Texans. That's an unfixable relationship. It, it is not an unfixable relationship. It's going to take some counseling and take, you know, effort on both guys' behalfs. But I'm sure they'll get it done. And they've had a lot. And I, I, I think that Goff will be the guy in LA moving forward. Now, of course, they're still over the cap this year. They're going to have to move some pieces around. And I think that's where the questions come in. Can, if they have to move a Robert Woods, if they have to move, um. 
I don't think they'll move a Cooper Cup, but I mean, if they have to move some of those guys in the offense, can he hang? Can he hang without having those weapons? And we'll see. I mean, Cam Akers still a rookie, so that'll be, he'll be a productive piece for them in the run game. And I think that there's few better schemers offensively, especially moving forward, the more and more he does it as a head coach uh, than Sean McVay in the NFL right now. So I do think that Goff is their guy still going forward, and I do think they will repair the relationship. What it means for Goff next year, I don't know. Does he... You know, throw anything more than 20 touchdowns? I hope so. I, I do think he will. I think I think you're looking at 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns from Goff next year. If he can keep the, the, the interceptions underneath double digits, he'll be just fine. Like I said, it, it, it's all decision-making. It's all progression. It's all being able to read the defense now for Jared Goff. And that's a lot easier said than done. But you can't really teach the arm talent. You can't really teach the physical traits to him. And, you, and it's a lot harder to develop that stuff at the NFL level than it is the the mental stuff the mental stuff that they can they, they can develop over time i think physically is something that a lot of the things that he brings to the table you can't really teach in some of the throws he makes i mean he people people i, I just think because of who he who he is and the numbers aren't so wowing that they don't realize just how good golf can be term and just based off of a talent level alone just based off the his physical ability and the way that he throws the football i don't think people pay enough attention to it he's made some incredible throws in his career and I think that rookie year with Jeff Fisher was what really throws people off. But you really have to look at um, some of the body work in the years after that and how, some of the throws and how good he really has been down the stretch for that Rams team and some big throws that he's made. Now, remember that shootout game with the Chiefs? Given the Chiefs' defense was different at that time, they won that game. They, they, they beat the Chiefs in that game, the Rams did. So damn impressive. You, you go look at those games, the throws he was making, the plays he was making. He is still a damn good quarterback, and I think that once they work this work this stuff out, the future is going to be bright for those two, especially with the impact that Cam Akers can make, and I think Cooper Cup staying healthy in the near future, how much of an impact he can make with an offense. So, yes, yeah, it's it's a fixable relationship, and I do not think it's the end of the world for the Rams and the end of the world for Goff and McVay. Uh, we'll see what the future could hold. I don't have any sources on that, but... You know, from what you hear out there, it's, it's not as bad, even close to as bad as what the Texans are. Because they say that the Texans, what is on the surface, what you can see, which is the next thing up, are, are is pretty damn bad. And he's not answering his phone, not answering text, not answering anybody from the Texans organization. And it, 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 is, it is incredible that the Texans have ruined the, the ability to have a franchise quarterback. But I've been saying it for a while, that Bill O'Brien has his guy... He needs to put pieces around him. He needs to build a team that can go to a Super Bowl because Deshaun's not, you know, you're not going to have Deshaun at this level for forever, especially the fact that he's already had a torn ACL in his career. You need to protect the guy, and you need to put a team together that can make, 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 make win a championship because Deshaun is that guy. He is that franchise quarterback. And I said it for a while, his play calling, his team management was just so poor. I thought Bill, Bill O'Brien was a buffoon. And now... The, 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 the tailing off effects now of this, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of this started with Bill O'Brien. I'm not sure. I know a lot of what this frank anger and frustration from Deshaun Watson has started with Bill O'Brien. And it has now tailed off to the ownership group, which obviously Andre Johnson was unhappy with. A lot of star players there. J.J. Watt has been critical of how the players take the game, how how, how things are being run in, in, in Houston. And the seriousness of players, of course, J.J. Watt had that piece and he had that rant. And you're going to see that those the guys that really want to win, the guys that really take it seriously, are frustrated. And it comes from the top down in that organization. Just 
the, an org, some organizations just do not know how to win. It takes so much to break into a winning culture. Bill O'Brien brought him not to the brink of that, I think, but I mean, like, it's hard to go it, 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 from where he, to where he put them, even through Bill O'Brien. They were in a good spot. They were in a good space, and, and just never, just couldn't even get over the hump to a very good category. They had a good team at the most, and I think a lot of that comes from Deshaun Watson and what he was able to do. J.J. Watt and what he was able to do, and they have spoiled it. They have spoiled it. J.J. Watt's been too injured, and they have not been able to help him out and keep him healthy defensively. And Deshaun Watson too. They just have not been able to capitalize the fact that they have a once in a lifetime talent at the quarterback position that I think people forget about a lot of times because of where he is in that Texan system. Um, not answering the text, people in the organization believe he's gone, and reports are now saying that that is just all what's on the surface. It is even worse. It is even worse than what we know. And we know it is pretty damn bad. It, we know it's pretty awful, right? We know it is very, very bad in Houston. And it's, un and it's not repairable. This is not, marriage counseling will not fix this. Marriage counseling was needed two years ago. This, this is not a repairable relationship. And Deshaun Watson will be playing for, will not be playing football, or will be playing for another football team in 2021. Now, I had mentioned it earlier to some people. I don't know if I had mentioned it on the podcast that I thought the Jets would be a sneaky suitor for them. The Dolphins were at the, the top of it. And you could ask my, my buddy Chris Sandoz. I had said, I don't know. What do you think about the Jets at two? They could flip Sam Darnold the second, the number two pick, and a couple of picks for Deshaun Watson. You know, you have Robert Sala there, who I think is a very, very good signing. Definitely a different culture change from, uh, definitely a different culture change from Adam Gase. And I think that they do have, they have the pieces. I think they have the pieces to make the move. And I think that they have a young, they have, they have a lot. They have some talented players in that organization at Sala and now Mike Lafleur brother Matt LaFleur coming over from the 49ers system are going to be going to be able to work with. I think that they really have a good, they're going to have a good setup there in New York. And if you can bring in a quarterback like that already, I think the Jets are going to compete for seven and nine, eight and eight next year with the draft. Everything just the way it is. I think with Salah coming in and the way moves are going to be made, I think they're already going to compete to be a 500 team in the AFC East. You bring in Deshaun Watson, all of a sudden you are you are you're pure, you're writing playoff contention. The Bills are a very good football team, but Deshaun Watson puts you above Miami, in my opinion. Puts you above Tua in Miami, obviously. Tua in a second, and he hasn't shown much in his rookie year. Tua needs to get healthy still. Deshaun is rearing and ready to go, and will have uh, will be on a mission. He will be set out to prove Houston wrong because of how frustrated he was in a media market in New York that would be incredible for Deshaun Watson. But are the Jets ready for that? I think they're... Are, are they ready to, pay, to protect a franchise quarterback? Do they have the offensive line pieces? Do they have the weapon? Do they have an offense? Do they have the offense of, of game plan? Do they have enough, uh, enough you know, uh, uh, confidence? Confidence, what we're looking for. Do they have enough confidence in their offensive play calling right now in this in, in this first-year system for a guy like Deshaun Watson? I don't know, but I don't think they have time to wait. I, I do not think this is a time where they should... Where they, where they should wait on that because Deshaun's moving this offseason. He's moving this offseason, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go get a guy like that that you can't draft. And Justin Fields is not that guy. There are some other good quarterbacks. I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but he's, I don't think he'll ever be Deshaun Watson. And, and Deshaun Watson has not even come close to his ceiling yet, and we've seen so much good, so many good things from Deshaun Watson. And he's not even come close to scratching his ceiling. Mac Jones, great quarterback, understands the game. Is he ever going to be Deshaun Watson? No. 
Is there any quarterback in that draft outside of Trevor Lawrence that's going to be just as good, if not better, than Trevor Lawrence? No. And you can go get Deshaun Watson right now. Listen, I think Sam Darnold will still have a good career. At least if he were to stay with the Jets right now, or if he would move to a team like the Colts. You know, I, I think Sam Darnold could still be a, a pretty good NFL quarterback. Will he ever be as good as Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence? Nope. Will he be, I mean, he might, I, I, at Justin Field's peak, will he be as good as Sam Darnold is best? Yes. I, I, but Deshaun Watson is far and above just, just an outlandish, just outlandish talent. He's an incredible talent. Generational player at his position. And if you can't, if you don't cash, if you have the ability to cash your chips right now to make a deal for him, you have to do it. You know the 49ers, they've been to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's different for them. You know, you know the the Dolphins right now. They still have this young quarterback. They don't know what they're going to get out of two yet. But the Jets right now know exactly it is make or break for their future with a new coach. Can get a new quarterback, a generational talent at quarterback, and you could really work from there and build up the offensive line in this draft in this free agency period. And work with one of the best NFL head coaching candidates in in the last couple of years, stepping up to the plate for you. I truthfully do believe that. I think that Sal has been great. What he was able to do with the defense, and then prove it again when a lot of people got hurt the year after the Super Bowl, and again prove it with their defense. Full confidence in Robert Sal. The Jets should too, and they should cash in every chip that they have to bring Sean Watson to New York. Next up for the NFL is can Patrick Mahomes clear concussion protocol? Now, like I mentioned. Odds makers better still have the Chiefs the Super Bowl favorite. So you follow the money. You, you follow the money there. If those odds flip and the Chiefs are suddenly not the favorite because rightfully they should be, or if they're not above the Bills, y- you know something's up there. If if something miraculously flips, and we'll have more news at the end of the week, but we won't know until the end of the week whether they'll be playing. I mean, the dude, they haven't even listened to it totally as a concussion. It might be a pinch there. It might be something. The dude struggled to stand up. I mean, we, that was visibly seen. He did struggle to stand up on the field. And, and concussion. And 20 years ago, this guy goes out. This guy probably finishes that game. 20, 30 years ago, he steps in and finishes that game. No problem. But now, the way the NFL has taken concussions more seriously and brain injuries more seriously, he, he you can't play through concussions in the NFL. You absolutely cannot. The NFL is going to take this incredibly seriously. Just because it's Patrick Mahomes, just because the Chiefs need their generational quarterback doesn't mean they're going to get him. It, it, this is a huge, huge... It, all the eyes of the world are on him. There's no getting around the fact that he has to clear protocol and every single thing is going to have to be done the right way because everyone knows AFC Championship, Patrick Mahomes, you, you know, all the eyes are on you already as it is. They want to watch this game, but now having to handle this right, how much do you really care about player safety in changing this? Everybody's going to be look at it, looking at it. Especially from, you know, that player sa- player safety point of view, and the players' association and stuff like that are really going to be looking at how, how the NFL takes care of it. You know, so the situations of Junior Seau and, and stuff that they, they're trying to prevent that, prevent players from, you know, the harm that they're doing to the, that they've had in that in the CTE in their head and killing themselves and these drastic and terrible things that have happened in coordination to in what is believed to related to constant head trauma in and the CTE so the eyes of more than just the football world but just athletics in general around the world even even around the, around the world because soccer has the same problem with uh, concussions in soccer and heading the and heading the football or heading the soccer ball for that matter whichever you're going to listen to I just have to clarify that because there's differences in culture had this conversation with Craig Holden over on Twitter 
Oh, I actually had an episode with Craig Holden on my podcast. I'll link that. Definitely go check that out. Um, but, again, a lot of eyes are going to be in the NFL in this situation, how they handle this Patrick Mahomes thing. Of course, everybody wants him to play. Everybody except Bills fans. Um, but anybody who just wants to watch a good game, I, I want Patrick Mahomes to play. I mean, who doesn't want to watch Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Two of some of the most crazy arm talents we've seen in the league in a very long time. Just, just, and just athletes in general. For the sake of the NFL and, and TV range, yes, you want Patrick Mahomes to play. But you have to handle this situation the right way. You have to show that you care about player safety and, and all these statements you've made. Because in times past, there have been some problems. There have been the suspensions. Ray Rice and Josh Gordon to the world. You people that players that get reinstated and these videos come out. Or the Kareem Hunt of the world. You know, those, these, there's been a lot of bad PR for the NFL. The kneeling, the Colin Kaepernick. There has been a lot of bad NFL PR. And the last thing you want to do is somehow find some loophole or somehow get around concussion protocol for this guy to play and then then get a get get whacked in the head in this game and all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes uh, can't it, it has a is altered his, his career is altered like Alex Smith type injury except with head related trauma that is the absolute last thing the NFL needs this is a once in a generation talent and there is no timetable I mean he could be healed from the concussion in three days it could take him three months you don't know with concussions he has a history of one in college with Texas Tech in 2014. So he doesn't have a long history like the Jordan Reeds of the world. Um, but like I said, they, they have to, this has to be managed in the perfect manner because so many people are watching. And it does, and next man up too. I had mentioned Andy Reeds play calling. Do the Chiefs have a chance without Patrick Mahomes? On the surface, no. And, and, and majority, no. And they really, honestly, in my opinion, don't have a chance without Patrick Mahomes. But it's still going to be a football game. Any given Sunday, really. And Andy Reid is one of the best play callers on the offensive side of the football in the history of the NFL. And that is still a very talented offense with a lot of weapons. Le'Veon Bell, Edward Tillaire, who should be back from injury. Um, Daryl Williams, that running back, was looking pretty good. Pretty good offensive line. Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. Sammy Watkins, you hope he's back from injury. Travis Kelsey. There are a lot of weapons in offense. He is not Patrick Mahomes by any means. But with Andy Reid scheming and all those weapons on offense, they will make a game of it. They absolutely will. Now, obviously, you want Mahomes in that position, and that's an athletic Bills defense. If there's anything that you have to worry about that game if you're the Chiefs, it's how athletic that Bills defense is. And if they handle Lamar like that, I'm sure that they can scheme something up for a Patrick Mahomes, especially for a Chad Henney. But... We're talking about the Mahomes situation right now. And do I know if he's going to be ready for Sunday? I, I, for Sunday? I had absolutely no idea. I don't think anybody does. I don't even. He doesn't even know. He wants to be. I don't even think doctors know. Head injuries are just really in their own tier, in their own category of how they heal, how to handle them. There is so much to go on with this. The five-step process of clearing concussion protocol, being able to stretch, being able to run. Being able to practice for a certain period, of, run for a certain period of time, then just run. Um, practice for a certain period of time, and then do full contact practicing and clearing. All of that comes into play, and that takes a little bit of time. Uh, weeks at times, but is he going to, and then he's going to miss a lot of reps. I mean, Mahomes, I don't think people are really worried about him missing reps, but listen, he still, he, it took him, he hadn't played an NFL, he hadn't played a football game in 21 days, 
came out and looked pretty damn good, but then, you know, suffers that head injury. He's gonna, ha he really has not seen a lot of reps. It's gonna be months. With, he's gonna play a half of football in a little bit over a calendar month. That's that's to go into an AFC Championship game for that's and he's still a pretty young quarterback. I mean, he, he crazy talented, hella talented, but the turf toe banged up. I mean, uh, it does not bode well for the Chiefs even if he is cleared. But again, I'll be giving my predictions on that on Friday. Now, like I said, the Breeze-Brady video was something that was just incredible. I absolutely loved it. I have incredible respect for Tom Brady. Just because I said he didn't win that game for them doesn't mean I don't think he's the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. At least top five greatest athletes of all time. And anybody who disagrees with either of those statements, you have your sports opinion card revoked. You cannot talk sports. You should not be able to talk sports if you disagree with either of those statements. Or at least around me. Don't bother. Because I, I will rip you. There's no way that Tom Brady isn't the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. Absolutely no way. And if you disagree, I, I just, I, you have to have your sports opinion card revoked, your man card revoked, whatever it is. You cannot talk sports around me. You cannot talk sports on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, social media. You are disbanded from talking sports for the rest of your life. You can't do it. Disbarred. No questions asked. But. All that being said, the Breeze-Brady video is amazing. Two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Breeze, easily top 10. Brady, number one. It just it really throwing the pass to his kids. Those kids have all the genes in the world to do amazing things. But this shows that those guys are so family-oriented. Maybe Tom Brady more than Drew. Uh, <laughs> um, but really just two greats that have known each other and, 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 and played the game in a different way and took the game in a different way. I mean, Drew Brees is out there with 11 for I mean, I'm 21 years old. If I have one fractured rib or a punctured lung, I ain't roll. I don't even want to roll out of bed. Drew Brees would be is 42 years old, had 11 fractured ribs and a punctured lung, and was out there playing in football games, throwing passes. Tom Brady's 43 years old and still out there playing. I don't think he looked like he had five years left in him. But he's still, and Tom Brady has never been the quarterback to be able to make throws that no other quarterback can make. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's Josh Allen. That's those crazy arm talent guys. Crazy athletic guys. Lamar Jackson makes plays that other quarterbacks can't make. Tom Brady just doesn't make the same mistakes that every other quarterback does make. He just doesn't make the mistakes. That's it. He's a good arm talent. He's an incredible leader. And he knows how to win. And he only wants to win. It likes to prove people wrong. If there was one person on this planet that disagrees with him, that disagrees with me or him, that he's not the GOAT. He wants to prove them wrong. He wants to prove me wrong for saying he didn't win that game. Every ounce of disrespect that man gets drives him to do so much more. He's just built differently up here. Built differently up in, uh, up in the noggin. And, and, and those two together just, just mentally is built differently in how they approach the game, how they played the game, how they trained for the game, how they took care of their bodies, how they were able to do it for so long at such a high level. And even Brady out being able to outlast Breeze at that rate. It is really commendable. It is really respectable. And if anybody disagrees with Breeze being top 10, arguably top 5, and Tom, and Tom Brady being the greatest of all time as a football player, and a quarterback, then you just can't talk sports at all, ever again, or at least not around me.
And I guess to to to, to finalize to to run off the rest of the NFL train of Lamar Jackson, obviously, and suffering the concussion, losing to the Bills in pretty dramatic fashion. But again, Bills Mafia donating over three hundred sixty thousand dollars to Lamar Jackson's favorite charity. Um, he did hang around with some of the Bills at the airport as they were leaving. You know, really cool. The Bills Mafia when Andy Dalton beat the Ravens to get them into the playoffs that year. Got um, the Bills Mafia donated a bunch of money to Andy Dalton's charity. So. As crazy as they look on social media, as crazy as fans they are, it is really cool that there's that side of them and how much positive that they really can do. And it shows that it's more than just their image that they post out there on social media, that they genuinely can make a difference and that they are a good group of people. They're not a bunch of psychopaths. I mean, as much as it looks like it, there there is a human side to this and, and a genuine interest in humanity and football within those people. As passionate as they are about their team, there's still just a genuine interest in football as a whole, and people as a whole. And I think the world, especially in this year, 2021, needs to look at that and understand it from that perspective of how awesome that really is. The next thing is a story that isn't really that awesome, and is the Mets firing GM Jared Porter for explicit penis pictures. Whew. Yeah, no, that's sports podcast we're talking about. We've had to talk about Rub and Tugs for Robert Kraft, and now we have to touch upon Jared uh, Porter sending dick pics, and that was back in 2016. Apparently, they didn't vet him well enough. Sandy Alderson, the uh, president of baseball operations, and the owner Steve Cohen said they will not stand for it. There was a zero tolerance policy, and they have to vet better. And that's great. I think it's absolutely amazing that, the, and that and this is bigger than just the Mets thing. It's a baseball thing in general. But really, for the Mets to understand that the zero tolerance policy, there is a different standard being set here in New York, and how quick they were to take care of it, and the way it went down. It, how professionally it would just handle on their end, and they're not going to hire a GM to the next year. Um, I mean, one day you're trading for Francisco Lindor with Sandy Alderson, who's one of the best players and young players in baseball, and the next you're being fired. There is zero, the expectations in New York are just totally being changed. But bringing in Lindor, um, I mean, cutting ties is pretty easy. I mean, you shouldn't have to give him credit for that, but it's just a different time in New York. And how things are going to be handled, I think, with the way the owner's statement was. I think the owner and Sandy Alderson are on the same page. I think the owner is very, very determined in what he's going to do in, in bringing in the right staff. In bringing in the right people around him. And obviously Porter wasn't it, especially when that came to, uh, the news came to. I mean, it was to a female reporter, obviously. I mean, I, should, I guess I can't say obviously because of the, the, we live in different times. So I shouldn't say obviously. I'm not insensitive to that. Um, but it was a female reporter, and she got out of the profession because of it. She absolutely unacceptable. And, you know, she probably work, works a lot. I'm trying to work into it. Um, she's and, and females probably see it or few and far between in terms of compared to males in the industry. And, they, and she breaks into it um, in a male dominant profession, and she just feels uncomfortable to leave because of how this guy treated her. It is absolutely unacceptable. And I'm glad the Mets are getting rid of him, and he will never have another job in baseball. I can guarantee that. And then, more baseball news. MLB hiring Theo Epstein as an on-field matters consultant. A lot of baseball people are happy with this. He's still a purist at heart, but he also does move with a new age. He understands that some of the things he did with shifts and analytical stuff, and how he believes it negatively affected the game. They're going to go to him to try and make the game more exciting, more exciting for these younger generations and, but work with it in a reasonable manner. And, I, and I've been saying this for a long time, that the MLB really has to address some stuff, but they can't live in this baseball purist age. I think some of the last decisions that they have made 
have been poor and have not reflected falling upon what they're trying to make baseball into. I think Theo Epstein is 100% the guy that you ha you can look at to really help baseball grow on all stages. And I am incredibly excited to see what Theo Epstein is going to do in the position that they put him in. And I think anybody who loves baseball as a purist or as a younger kid that wants to see more out of baseball and wants to be more excited should be excited because I think Theo Epstein is one of the smartest guys to ever step into baseball. Him and Billy Bean and, and guys uh, uh, and the likes of those guys are just some of the smartest people to ever step into a baseball front office. And it shows that the MLB really is committed to trying both ways, purist-wise and in terms of the younger generation-wise, really is trying to change the game and save the game. Because, like I've been telling, like, like I've been saying, you lose the minor leagues. People are, believe that the minor leagues are going to be phased out, money-wise, whatever it may be, just trying to separate them to independent leagues. If you lose your player development, you lose this league. You absolutely lose the MLB. Single A, double A, triple A, you lose that, or you lose even single and double A and rookie ball, you will lose this league. Players need to develop at a very different rate than any other sport. You will lose this league if you lose the minor leagues. The league will die, and my and my kids will never watch. Will never be able to watch a professional baseball game. And none, I do not want that to happen. I know a lot of people do not want it to happen. And if there's a guy to be able to change that, and with the rate that we are going at, that is going to happen. But I'm glad they brought Theo on because that is totally going to change the rate in which the decline is happening for Major League Baseball. Like I said, I love baseball with all of my heart. My favorite sport by far. But I hate the MLB and the way that they've, they've handled things the last couple of years. I think if there's any guy that can change that and change my mind on that and change a lot of minds, young minds and old minds on that, it is Theo Epstein. And the last piece of baseball that I want to hit on, oh, actually, no, it's not the last piece because I was getting the alerts on my phone that George Springer has signed. What What is the deal that George Springer signed again? I'm gonna have, I'll, I'll dig into it deeper, but I will touch on right now what I wanted to touch on with the Padres. Now, the Padres acquire pitcher Joe Musgrove. They have Chris Paddock. They have Mike Clevenger that they acquired last year. Have acquired Hugh Darvish, acquired Blake Snell. Now they have they, they got Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer. They have Tommy Pham. They have Will Myers. And they have a once-in-a-generational piece in Fernando Tatis. But why are they making all these moves? Because Tatis is affordable right now. He's affordable on the arbitration deals. He's affordable on this rookie deal and has yet to get that super, super big extension that you can't pay guys. But they know right now that they have a once-in-a-generational piece and they are moving everything. They're moving heaven and earth around it to make it happen while they can because they know they can, they have they just they have a core right now of that of Fernando Tatis. They, that they can do so much with. Unlike the Angels. The Angels should be paying attention. They have Mike Trout. They've signed, what, Anthony Rendon? That's it? That's it? I know Pujols is under contract, and that's a terrible contract. You're probably still paying the Josh Hamill contract, and that's an awful contract. You have the arguably one of the great, the, the arguably the greatest baseball player of all time at the rate, the, at the rate he's going. For one of the greatest, easily one of the, even right now, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And the best you can do is Anthony Rendon? No, no, no pitching help, nothing? Jose Iglesias this summer? Really? Really? The the Padres are doing it right, and more teams with generational talent need to realize it and need to make those moves sooner. The Red Sox moved on from Mookie, but while they had Mookie in, in, in a good run of form there, totally took advantage of it, moving for sale. You know, Benintendi getting called up. 
moving for J.D. Martinez and signing him. They handled business the right way while they had the kid. Now, was I willing to pay him the money that he got from the Dodgers? No, no, I don't, I don't think at that point. But you don't have to pay Tatis that yet. They may, they may not. But that time has not come yet. But they have a time to push for that core now. And a great pitcher in Blake Snell. Great pitcher in Mike Clevenger. Great young pitcher in Chris Paddock. And obviously a great pitcher in Yu Darvish. And then Hosmer, Machado, Tatis. Like just fam, just a loaded, loaded roster now that they've made moves for. Where they're not going to be able to keep all those guys for, for, for an extended period of time. But right now, in the next couple of years, they're able to make that push. Even this year, make that push as one of the World Series favorites. Hands down with that rotation. And with a guy like Tatis in the middle of the order. And Machado picking up a slack from his first year there with the big contract that he signed. And like I said, the Angels need to take notes. A lot of these teams, the Indians trade moved on from Lindor. The Mets now, I think, with their pitching staff already know that if you can make that move for Lindor, you do so because he's affordable right now for you for the time being. And, and they know when they have that core of DeGrom, Syndergaard. Um, and, and there's another, who, who just moved there as a pitch? I mean, obviously, um, Porcel is there. Who do they just move for as a pitch? Oh, Stroman. Stroman's there. Stroman's there, obviously. Stroman stayed in Stay there with Cohen. Man, brain freeze for a second there. Being able to recognize generational talent and taking advantage of it in that time period. Not waiting on it and waiting on it. Just making moves and understanding what you have, being able to analyze it. No, there's not another Fernando Tatis walking through the door within the next 50 years for any franchise. For any franchise in the, in the, at the level of play he's, he's at. None. Not for any team. Within the next period of time, with at least within the time of his career, not for any team is any of those guys walking the door for any team. Never mind just your team. So when you have it, when you have a Mike Trout, when you have a Fernando Tatis, and when you have the Mookie Betts, you move heaven and earth to make it happen around him. I I, I see nothing wrong with what the Padres are doing, absolutely the right way, and it should be the blueprint for a team like the Angels of Mike Trout to take advantage of. Now, the last bit of baseball news I want to touch on because the news dropped, you know, mid-episode. Um, I mean, obviously, LeMahieu signed six years for $90 million. George Springer just signed for six years $150 million with the Blue Jays. Now, I don't know what's in the water up in Toronto because they hit the long ball like crazy up there. You asked Jose Bautista, asked Josh Donaldson. They just hit the long ball different up there, and Springer's got a good swing on him. He's a good player. $150 million for him, though, I'm not too sure. I mean, he's younger. I, I believe younger to be younger than LeMayhew, right? I'd have to imagine that Springer is younger than LeMayhew. I could be wrong on that. Um, I'm going to have to do some research on that. George Springer is only a year younger than DJ LeMayhew. So when you look at the value, there's not $60 million of difference in value between George Springer and DJ LeMayhew. To be honest, I just think he, I, I think that, I'm not going to say he, no, he, fle he flees Toronto. He absolutely just flees Toronto. The fact that the Yankees could get DJ LeMahieu for $90 million and they and then the Blue Jays had to turn over 150 the same amount of years to George Springer doesn't make any sense considering the years that LeMahieu has just put together in the, in the consistency in which he's done it and staying healthy, by the way. Springer has been banged up at times. I'm a big George Springer fan and would have loved to see him in a Red Sox uniform, but I tell you right now, not for that price. I didn't think he was anywhere near that price. And Toronto, I think, over, oh, definitely overpaid for George Springer and did not let his value fall down. It's been a slow offseason. And, and, and rightfully so with the way spending and COVID and everything's been. And I, do, and I don't think that he will... I, I don't think that will speed anything up at all. 
I think the absolute, if that's the market value, I think if anything, that slows it down. If that's where they're setting the market at for a player of that value. I think that absolutely slows down the market. And, and, and do I like George Springer as a player? Yes, but for the value of that contract, absolutely do not like that signing by Toronto. Absolutely not. For the value of that contract, I cannot even fathom that. I cannot even fathom it. Cannot fathom it. And I am incredibly happy that my Red Sox did not did not pay that price. Did not pay that premium price for a player that is not even anywhere near close to that contract. The LeMahieu contract was hit right on the head. Springer, they just overpaid by $60 million at the very least for George Springer up in Toronto. Which is, which is just head-scratching for me. Absolutely head-scratching for me. The move that they just made for George Springer. But hey, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But that is just my 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 first off thoughts on it. That that just, those are my first thoughts. Those are my you know my genuine first like reactionary thoughts on the George Springer deal to the Toronto Blue Jays because it was pending the physical. He passed the physical. Everything's good to go. They just overpaid by sixty million dollars. Now I don't watch every single weekend of UFC fights. I do like to watch the good ones that I do I do believe will be good fights. Poirier vs McGregor two is one of the fights that I will be paying for this weekend. 110% will be locked in for McGregor versus Poirier. Now, McGregor opened up at minus 180, is now a minus 305 favorite. Poirier opened up at plus 155, obviously, the and now is a plus 235. Underdog career, McGregor's 22-4-0, Poirier's 26-6-0. Who do you got? You know, what does it mean these fighters? I mean, both, both of these are make-or-break fights for the, career, the continuation of the careers of these fighters and their legacies big time, especially in getting another shot for that lightweight title against Khabib. So, huge, huge implications for both of these guys, especially considering how McGregor handled Poirier the last time. And, and Poirier, of course, admitting that McGregor got in his head. Can he manage that more? I'm not sure. But McGregor is committed to being even more, really heavily committed to conditioning and being at that heavier weight. His striking power up top is, is incredible. And I think there's no way, there's, there's no way that McGregor doesn't walk away with this fight. I don't know if he, I don't think he ends it in the first round, but I think second round knockout Conor McGregor is going to beat Dustin Poirier, but it's going to be one hell of a fight, and it's going to be a hell of a card, and it's a hundred percent worth paying for just to watch that fight alone, in my personal opinion. But I'm taking I'm taking the crazy Irishman. I'm taking the proper proper twelve. It's probably a terrible accent. Proper from from Conor McGregor, and I might even crack open a proper twelve myself. Just, just for the fight, just for the sake of the fight, uh, I might, might link up with a couple buddies and crack open a good old proper twelve to watch Conor McGregor beat Poirier in one of the most exciting fights that I think we're gonna, we, we have been around in, the, in, in, in a little while, at least for me, being able to watch. You know, be one of the most more exciting ones in a while. So the next thing I want to touch upon is some NBA talk. My, I'm not talking no Celtics today. Some of the other things, um, Brandon Ingram. And when I said the Pelicans won, it was an even trade. Or that I thought the Pelicans would in the long term win it, but the, the Anthony Davis title right now would win it for the Lakers. Well, not because of in a, just single-handedly because of Brandon Ingram, Ingram alone was not lying. Brandon Ingram is blossoming into a star with a 20.65 PER right now, 23.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, and 5.1 assists. Being a running as a point forward, playing good defense all, all around. Blossoming into a superstar, and he's coming out of the, He's not slowing. That he wants to absolutely be the best, and is still an incredibly young player. And when he's healthy, and has stayed healthy, and has finally found some consistency in New Orleans now, 
looks absolutely incredible paired with Zion. That could be your Bird Mikhail. That could be your Jordan Pippen. That could be your Stockton Malone. That, 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 that's all what that could That could be your Dwayne Wade Shaq. All these do powerful duos over the years, that could absolutely be that with Zion Williamson. 100 per Zion averaging 22.6 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, and a 22.89 PR. And, and it looks a lot like what he did in high school, those highlight reels. And it looks a lot like what he did at Duke. He is physically better than just about everybody that comes up against him in the NBA. 99.7% of the time when there's a defender on him, he is physically outmatching them. He's just at, not, it's not, it, it's not like it's close and he outmatched them. It's not even close. Zion just has, the, just has so much more athletic ability. So much more athletic ability. I mean, Zion, 32 tonight. And, and it is youngest player to ever have back-to-back 30-point games with at least 70% shooting. He is finding his niche. I'm not trying to space the floor too much. He knows that he is an interior force and that can space the floor and he needs to be. But he knows exactly. They know they're, they're, they're finding his niche. And that's what I said Stan Van Gundy would do. I don't know if they'd win with Stan Van Gundy, but he would get the best out of Zion Williamson. would have allowed him to, in a, in a young point in his career, finding, find his niche and dominate in a specific area because he has the ability to do so. And Brandon Ingram is, is handling everything on the perimeter. It's incredible. Bledsoe has been very good for them. Lonzo again banged up a little bit. I need you need him to stay healthy. You need if you're the Pelicans, you need him to stay healthy because I think he has a very high ceiling in terms of potential. But when he's on the court, he's not. He's, he's that, that's going to continue to come down. Lonzo needs to stay healthy because he's a great ball mover. His three point shot has changed. His three point percentage has been great. And you can just look at what he was able to do before the bubble. He was one of the hottest players, if not the hottest player in the NBA, with triple doubles and being able to knock down the three ball. But between Brandon Ingram and Zion. One of the right now, top, one of the easily top ten duo in the NBA, easily top ten. And I think can compete with that Jalen Jason, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown duo. Easily competes with that. Easily competes with that, and they're younger and easily, easily competes with that. I, I think both of their ceilings are higher than both of those players, and I think right now, just right now, is competing with that duo at, the, at this very moment. And then uh, Kyrie. Kyrie set the return for Brooklyn. Speaking of duos, and, well, that's a trio, right? I mean, at least for now, it's a duo. It's Harden and, and Kevin Durant, which, again, I think the Nets and, and the Rockets pretty much split that trade. I think all those draft picks and everything, it's worth it because right now they're easily the slam dunk pick in the East, and I don't think anybody touches them. With or without Kyrie, nobody touches them. But Kyrie said he just needed to take a pause, he needed a break, whatever it may be. Listen, he's, he's an incredibly talented basketball player, but if it's not at the forefront of your mind, if it's not if it's not at the very front, don't come back. Like, retire. Retire. But, but again, it, it's not like it's nothing we haven't seen before. Dennis Rodman was out at strip clubs. Dennis Rodman was out in Vegas just not playing. Scottie Pippen was pissed off at at, at, at the Chicago Bulls because he didn't, no one would want to restructure his contract, even though they told him not to sign it. And when he got hurt... Said he was going to rehab during the beginning of the season. He was going to take his time, enjoy his summer. And there's a couple of examples. That's from the last dance, from the last dance. But there's been plenty of situations in NBA now where players have been happy and, and, and stuff like this has gone down. Don't we're not going to don't 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 act like this is something new. Don't 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 come to me saying this is something new and this is something outrageous. And the players have too much power. Yada 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 yada. Don't don't come to me with that. 
because we've seen this before. We've seen it with the greatest, with the, the greatest athlete of all time, Michael Jordan. We've seen it in Scottie Pippen, one of the greatest, you know, two three-peats in one of the greatest dynasties ever. We've seen it all over. It exists. It's happened with great players in terms of the displeasure and how they've voiced it and what they've done about it. So don't act like this is something new. And, and don't act like he's not an incredibly talented basketball player. Don't, for, don't, don't mix up the fact you don't like how he's handling things with how good of a basketball player Kyrie Irving is because he's fantastic. And I think with or without him, Harden and Durant look incredible. And they're going to be and they're favorite in the East. And with him, they do challenge for a title. They do challenge for a title. If Kyrie's on the boat for the playoffs, then they challenge. They, they absolutely will challenge LA for a title. I, I think hands down. Hands down they will challenge for a title. It, you, you, I, I just, I, I, I don't see it anyway. Durant guarding either AD or LeBron, I, I do truthfully believe that they will challenge for a title this year with Kyrie Irving and, and, and James Harden supporting Kevin Durant. No, no, no questions asked. And even and, and they will and they will make it to the finals even if they don't have Kyrie Irving. But they're going to have Kyrie Irving, at least maybe not for the whole rest of the season, but definitely for the stretch run part of the season, they will have Kyrie Irving. Next up is the Blazers. Listen, I'm a small market team fan, man. I I, I do root for him. It's hard for me not to root for him. Love Damian Lillard. Still think that Steph Curry is the best point guard in the NBA, but hey, love Dame Lillard. And we probably consider James Harden a point guard too, right? So we still James Harden a better point guard than Damian Lillard, but. They lose C.J. McCollum now for indefinitely to a rare foot fracture that they thought was a sprain. Hey, bro, been there, done that. Um, and Yusuf Nurkic is also set to miss a good period of time with the fractured wrist. So we're going to get to see a hell of a lot of Dame time. And if you have your NBA League pass, Portland Trailblazer games are definitely going to be worth tuning into. Just being able to watch Damian Lillard. If you play fantasy basketball in a league, definitely going to be worth looking to pick up Damian Lillard and make a trade for him right now because... All that fantasy value in that team is going to be coming from and going to Damian Lillard. So, so I don't know if anybody heard yet the, the, the Karis Levert thing. Karis Levert was traded to the Rockets, who then flipped him to the Pacers for Victor Oladipo with like a package or a pick, I believe it was. It was that Cleveland pick that was shipped with the Brooklyn thing when Brooklyn shipped Jaron Allen. And I forget who else it was. To, to, to Cleveland for that portion of the trade. But Levert, when going through his physical, they found a small mass on his kidney. Now, it's got to be a crazy swing of emotions as an athlete getting traded as it is, right? Going from, man, this team gave up on me. Why am I getting moved? My family, this, that, another thing. And then having to prove yourself to another team, adjust to a different system. All that's already got to be on your mind, right? And then being alerted to a health issue of a mass on your kidney and how much that must seem like when it rains it pours but to then him realizing and saying him being thankful the trade might have saved me because i if i didn't get treated i might not have had seen that physical and, and they might not have found that mass in my kidney it, it it just shows you how many different curveballs life can throw at you and how the twists and turns of life can lead you down to different paths and how how life can change so quickly and what 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 matters what you take in, what to, what affects you. I guarantee you when that small, when they told him there was a mass in his kidney, the trade, basketball, none of it meant anything anymore. Just understanding his life, his health, his well-being, and being able to live a normal life. 
and live the rest of his life in general was the only thing at the forefront of his mind. And so some things are bigger than sports, man. The, the donating of the Bills Mafia money to Lamar Jackson, all that. But, like, just how crazy of a turn of events it is for Karis LeVert. It really, really is mind-boggling to me, and I'm sure it is to a lot of people, and especially to Karis LeVert. But I don't think anybody's more thankful right now for that trade than Karis LeVert. I, if there's a real winner of that trade right now, it is 110%. It's not a team. It's not James Harden. It's not the Rockets. It's not, it, you know... It is Karis LeVert for finding that small mask because you don't know what any of that could have been. And I think and he's going to come out and said, I don't think, I know. He's incredibly thankful for it. And life has its weird way of leading it down, leading you down different paths. And, and it shows right there in the professional sports world and Karis LeVert being traded and having the physical and then finding that small mask in the kidney. So, to go to more of a lighter note, that was kind of dark, I guess, but more of a deeper thing. Uh, Emmanuel quickly for, for the New York Knicks. Uh, I was watching the Celtics got beat by 30 by the Knicks, of course. He needs to Emmanuel quickly needs to play 48 minutes a game and shoot a running floater every time down the floor. This Knicks young core looks fantastic. It looks like they have a genuinely bright future for the first time in forever. The Knicks, but this quickly kid, this running floater. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm gonna have to cut some of that video in from the NBA highlights I've seen. I think. Uh, whoa, uh, Rob Perez put it on Twitter, um, and I'll have, I, I guess I could link, I'll, I'll link that video, or maybe I'll download it and put it over. That running floater that quickly hits is just beautiful. Just teardrop running floater is absolutely beautiful. But like I said, I'm impressed with this Knicks young core. RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, but quickly, man, keep giving him minutes because that running floater is a thing of beauty. People want to copy all these fadeaway three-point shots and all this stuff. I tell you what, a good weapon for a kid to learn right now at a level where they can't consistently have the strength to shoot that three ball in high school and, and, and just don't have something God, like the God-given talent it kids do, that running floater, that's worth taking a look at and trying to learn because what a weapon it's been for him. And he makes it just look so easy, so smooth. And, and like I said, if you haven't seen it, you have to look at this kid's running floater because it is a thing of beauty. So the last thing to touch on before we close this one out is obviously the wor world football, international football, world football. Uh, Chelsea stumbling again today, or yesterday by the time I post this. Uh, Lampard under some serious pressure. Links of Holland coming in, but why would you bring in a guy for over 120 million pounds or more if you don't trust your manager? Because that's not going to bail him out. Absolutely not. They've already brought in the guy like Kai Havertz, and, not, and he has not even been able to get that much out of Kai Havertz. Lampard is Lampard and Chelsea are in trouble, and I still think Lampard's a better manager than Arteta, but I think Solskjaer is better than him. I, I do, I do think Solskjaer is better than him, and he's right up in that conversation with him before. It was better than and, and, and has had and Solskjaer's had much more success over Lampard, and I think I was right about Solskjaer for a very long time, but Chelsea stumbling again. Leicester going top. <laughs> Remember the fluke season where Leicester won? Well, Leicester's top right now. I mean, well, you know what? But as a Liverpool fan, we know how that goes with Brendan Rodgers. It, uh, until it's absolutely clinched, it's not. It's just they might not even finish in the top five, being top right now. I'm telling you, I've seen what Brendan Rodgers can do. They might even get relegated still. Like it's just, it's just no guarantees of this Leicester team and the unpredictableness 
of Brendan Rodgers. But then again, Martin Odegaard seeking a move away from Real Madrid because of the game time that he well, isn't getting, I guess you should say. And I think there's some... I think there's a lot of good moves for him out there. I think there's probably some Bundesliga moves that he could make that would be pretty good. I could see Leverkusen maybe picking up and playing him in that high average tool. But they have that kid Florian Wirtz who's actually been very, very good. I could see Leipzig maybe making a move for him. But then again, Danny Almo is there. Um, I guess there's some Premier League teams that could probably slide around and make a move for him. Maybe Tottenham. Maybe, maybe Mourinho would like him there. And then obviously there's some Serie A moves where you could make a move. Like maybe Juventus would swing in and take him. There's a lot of moves from Odegaard's a very talented kid and has shown a lot of prowess and has shown a lot of his ability for such a young kid and having so much expectations on him at a young age, especially everybody else else's dad. Um, if Zanon's not going to use it, there's a team that's going to use him. There's a team that is going to, he's going to play very well for. And it's going to make, and Zidane is not going to look good for not having played Odegaard a lot and not giving Odegaard a shot. I can guarantee you that right now. He's going to, ha he's going to have a very, very good career post Madrid when he makes this move, and I can't, I could not tell you why Zidane is not playing him and why he can't find a role for him, because Madrid can find no consistency right now with the players that they have in the midfield. They cannot, and it is heinous for Odegaard to not be getting at least 20 minutes off the bench. And it comes with the same thing that I'm touch on next with Ozil going to Fenerbahce, with Ozil not getting 20, 30 minutes off the bench. Arsenal should be ashamed of themselves for the way that that. They handle this entire Ozio situation. Ashamed of themselves. Such a great, great player for that club. And the fact that he wasn't even getting 20, 30 minutes again. They weren't able to work through anything with him. Still an incredibly talented and gifted player. And personal vendettas were taken up against this guy. And they should be absolutely ashamed of themselves with the way they handle the situation. A club of so much great respect. So much ability. Just historically so great. And now they're in the bottom half of the table. They can't treat guys that have done so much for them in their prime that they brought in and really wanted to be there for a very long time. Even Arsene Wenger and the fans, and the way they treated Arsene in the way out. Arsenal has been one of the most disrespectful, biggest banter clubs around. And, and I cannot stress that enough. The way they've handled this situation, the way they handled the Unai situation, the way they brought in Arteta, and, and the way that they threw Arsene Wenger out. It, 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 the way they treated Xhaka, the way that Emiliano Martinez and the way that he's played now and they haven't handled that right, bringing in da David Luiz and the way that he struggled, the struggles of Socrates, and the way the whole Ozil Kolasinac situation was handled, the whole way the, the public comments from Ozil were handled, it is a, it's embarrassing for a club of the stature of Arsenal to have handled all those things this way and to have themselves in the position they're in. It is absolutely embarrassing. And it's the club that I used to root for. I'm a, I've always been a Liverpool fan, but I never had an issue with Arsenal. And my friend was an Arsenal fan who got me into, really got me into soccer. And I respected the hell out of him. But it, just, it has deteriorated so far down. I'm so upset and so disgusted with the way Arsenal handled themselves as of late. And this just tops off the way they treated Ozil and Wale. It absolutely, it just, it just, it's just disrespectful to him. It's just embarrassing to the club as a whole and the way that things have been handled recently with managers and especially players and players of the quality of Ozil. Is he what he once was? No. But the way they've handled it since is it's embarrassing. Emil Smith rose with great. But just the way they, they, they pushed him out, embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing. And the last thing I want to touch on when we're on the topic of world football, 
Um, it's it just how many young Amer again, how many young Americans are having success overseas? Obviously, the Matthew Hoppy, uh, the Matthew Hoppy hat trick for Schalke was a huge, huge thing. And I'm not getting my hopes up too much, but this shows how much talent's really coming through the system, and, and especially overseas is the more impressive part. Uh, Brendan Aronson scoring his debut goal um, for Salzburg under the American manager Jesse Marsh. Serginho Dest continues to succeed at Barca. Pulisic continues to show, par uh, show sparks at Chelsea, and when he's healthy, looks really, really good. Um, Giovanni Reina continues to have have its success at Dortmund, and is looking to break the 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 age goal record that Sancho held. Uh, Josh Sargent, prior to this injury, was having good success with Werder Bremen. Weston McKenney really does look to be set up to be a star uh, at Juve with the way that he's played. And then Tyler Adams continues to be just an absolute solid in that 11 for RB Leipzig. And Yunus Musa now at Valencia. Even Zach Steffen have, getting his first career start at Man City and really, really settling in, according to Pep Guardiola there. Just so many young Americans right now in, this fo in, in, in the footballing world, especially overseas in these top, top leagues, showing a lot of success. And they're very young, too, as they start to approach their athletic primes. The Ameri America will be in a very good position come the 2022, and more importantly, the 2026 when it's in America, World Cup. I think we're back. Here to first. 2026, Miracle on Ice, except it's going to be the Miracle on Turf. US of A is winning the 2026 World Cup. Miracle Miracle on Turf. Lake Placid, US World Cup, expanded World Cup. US is going to win it. And I will sell a vital organ to go watch it at Foxborough if I'm not getting paid by a network by then. It's the goal. Or I don't have a press pass to go for free. Um, I, will, I, will sell a, I will sell a vital organ to go to that game. If none of the above happens for me to be able to go cover the game and do it for free. Uh, but that's about it. I, I think that covers about everything I wanted to talk about today. Everything I had on my note sheet. We'll get we'll be getting back at it Friday. I'll be previewing all the playoff games. Going over whatever the hell else comes up in news within tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Thursday never will record. We're in that schedule. I'm doing pretty damn well with it. Let's do this week now. I'll make it through on Friday. Um, and I should be streaming tomorrow, hopefully streaming tomorrow as well. Um, so thanks again for tuning in. Of course, this episode brought to you by Vins Organics. Of course, you're going to be over. You're, of course, you're overpaying for CBD, your roll-ons, whatever it may be. You're overpaying for your CBD, but you want to get rid of joint pain. You want to get rid of bruises. You want to get rid of your strains, just muscle soreness in general, right? What do you do? Why are you paying so much CBD when you can pay for Vins Organics? Vins Organics is a natural herbal pain solve. Smells good, feels good, gives you a little tingle, all natural stuff, and it is all for a very, very affordable price. Check it out over at vinsorganics.com. Tell them your boy Rufus sent you. That'll be linked in the description below. Also, Elite Athletic Gear is gear made by athletes for athletes. You can save yourself 15% today. 15%? 15 minutes car insurance? No. 15% with the code Rufus. Run down over at EliteAthleticGear.com. Again, tell them I sent you. And then Ethan Souza Design needs a little help sponsoring his race car. Does any any of your graphic design need, you can hit him up. His information's there for that. But also sponsoring the vehicle, please message me or him or e email me. You can reach me at rufusrundown at gmail.com. Great kid, um, great graphic designer, and he's a very young, talented racer. And he will be coming on the podcast Friday as well. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Please be sure to head over to 
um, my this Twitch, I'll link this Twitch, and my gaming Twitch, and then my gaming YouTube as well. And follow all those and subscribe to all those, because I will be streaming and posting on those now as well. But I thank you guys for tuning in here today. It is your boy Rufus, signing off. Oh,